What's up, guys? Welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend, the NTT20 betting show. Hope you're well. A reminder that this podcast is for over 18s only. Uh, this is a podcast talking about gambling, specifically on the EFL this weekend. Gambling comes with significant risks. Please do not bet more than you can afford to lose. And please update yourself if you haven't recently on the risks that come with gambling at BeGambleAware.org. Hello, George Ellick. How are you getting on? Hi, mate. Just had to very quickly swallow some tea because you spent so smoothly from talking about the risks of gambling to saying hello to me. Um, but I'm okay. How are you? You've got to keep your head on a swivel during the recording of any podcast, <laughs> uh, but especially this one. Very dangerous thing to do if you're drinking hot tea. <laughs> are you looking forward to this weekend? Will we be able to hear or see you? Feeling very well. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm on Five Live again on Saturday, I think with Steve Crossman again, which is exciting. I think it's, it's probably going to be a little less hectic than um, than last week. I, I was sent the permutations email yesterday from the production team and there are slightly fewer. Um, you know, there's slightly less that, that's going to be going on. It felt like last Saturday was kind of a almost like a, a faux final day. Um, and, and now things are slowly developing. Obviously, still some some real intrigue. The bottom of the championship, the bottom of League One uh, and the League One playoffs being the, the main areas and the League Two playoffs as well. So lots to still get excited about. Good. And last week on this pod was not our best at all. In fact, we followed up a double nap winner the weekend before with a no nap winner. A, a, I reckon you'd call it a duck egg, George. That was a phrase you used on the Monday mm. pod that, and I had no idea what that meant. It's a, it's a racing term um, for that for that zero that appears on racing form, um, and I, I and I assume it's the it's the provenance of the cricketing term duck as well, provenance. Um, which I hadn't which, I hadn't which I hadn't realised until you tweeted mistakenly thinking I was talking about cricket, <laughs> um, so that was nice. Everybody learnt a bit of something. Well, I'm afraid it was a duck egg for you after a great weekend previously. I got one up. That was the overs at Grimsby against Oldham. But otherwise, a terrible pre-penultimate weekend. We've only got two more weekends to make amends. Uh, what I will say is that many of you have joined the NTT20 squad on Leveller, which we spoke about last week and on the Monday pod. Thank you so much to everyone who's joined. We have a thriving, throbbing community already over on Telegram, and we're loving it. On the betting group specifically, because we keep those two separately, uh, just like we do with the pods. Um, well, George, what do Conor McElhaney, first goal scorer, Jaden Stockley, first goal scorer, Lewis Collins, anytime goal scorer, and Sammy Smodix, anytime goal scorer, all have in common? <laughs> yeah, they were winning tips I put on that group. I, I want to say, because it's obviously not ideal that four losers last weekend, or last week on the betting show, and then put a couple of winners in the, in the betting group. Three of those were in midweek when we don't do a betting show. And also... Because of the, the the constraints of this, you know, you, you have to for kind of first goal scorer stuff. I mainly do the the research and the work, kind of between one and two thirty if I'm not working, um, because that's when team news comes out and you can work out who's playing where and things like that. So Lewis Collins, for example, still a player priced up as a midfielder by the bookies who'd been playing up front for the previous two games. So as soon as the team news came out at five thirty on Tuesday, um, and he was eleven to four any time and fifteen to two um, first goal scorer and last goal scorer, I was getting on so yeah good to um good to give a few people a few winners i mean definitely going to continue trying to find those kind of bigger price winners for that group um still all the same stuff i'll obviously be backing all the stuff um that we talk about on this podcast so definitely it's not a case of, of holding stuff back for the other group but at the same time 
hopefully um you know i've always thought that there's it's not too difficult to have an edge on gold goal scoring markets in the efl and um yeah a few people hopefully have, have made their money back for their subscription it is 9.99 to join uh, as we said uh, it's on leveler the link is in this uh, podcast description it's also in our twitter and instagram bios if you'd like to join the main community where well match days have been very exciting so far but also the betting group to check out uh, these extra bets that we chat about and uh, there's plenty of other good and bad bets of course from others on there too not just us uh, the best one probably ollie who backed Luton to beat Bristol City when they were 2-0 down last Sunday. That was excellent. So do join in if you would like. 9.99 is the joining fee. That group will run until the 1st of May, the end of the playoffs. But it's time to talk punting ahead of the EFL weekend. George, I'd like to know exactly what your best bet is, what your nap is. My best bet is in League 2, where I am backing Morecambe to beat... Um, yeah, back in Morecambe to beat Walsall. Uh, I, I'm still kind of reeling, I guess, um, for, for Morecambe. I had no financial um, stake in, in what happens to Morecambe this season. Just a fairly emotional one because I think it would be a great story and I think they deserve all the successes possible. And they, um, well, one man, Calvin Meller, really spoilt what should have been a hell of a spectacle last weekend uh, against Bolton. But again, in that game, they showed that they are a very, very good League Two side because with 10 men for the majority of it, they were probably good value for a lead. Um, come the, Sorry, probably good value for, for a point come the, the end of the game. And um, and this is a Bolton side who have been the best team in the division over the last 20, so, 20 or so games, only not, only not winning five of them. So um, going to a Walsall side with absolutely nothing to play for here. Although whilst they've been a little bit better recently, um, I think you look back to their most recent couple of games where they've had played against teams with a fair bit to play for in Colchester and Salford, and they were beaten by both Salford very cosily. Um, they may have won last time out against Scunthorpe, but beating Scunthorpe at the moment is basically the equivalent of beating a Vanarama North side. Um, so we can't really look too much into that. Um, they are... You know, Walsall are aside embarking on a new era. They've just appointed a new director of football. They'll be appointing a new manager sometime in the next in the next couple of weeks because I don't think it's going to be Brian Dutton, um, even though he's taken charge the last two games. So it's just a bit of an afterthought, this, I think. It's, it's an afterthought for one team and for Morecambe, even though it's now looking unlikely that they will um, get into the automatic promotion places, they won't be thinking like that. It's, it's totally up to them to put the pressure on Bolton because if they get three points here and Bolton do slip up in any way, then going into final day, it, it's all going to be alive. So um, I don't think the unlikeliness of Morecambe getting into the automatic promotion places will have any effect on their motivation because it's not as if there's there's no chance here um, that they, they will be going into this totally expecting that there could be. And they're just such a good side. You know, we've seen them. Blitz teams recently uh, going into that into that Bolton game. They'd scored what was it, eleven goals in the last three games. They were rampant, and you know all those players. You know your Will Dig, Scott Stockton, Mendes Gomez. All those guys are going to be coming into this um, hoping to exert a similar level of dominance over a weaker side. So I don't think it looks to me like the 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 motivation factor has been fa- been kind of put into this price enough to be honest. And eleven to eight with um, with bet three six five. I think that's that's a cracking price. I think they'll go off a lot shorter than that come come three o'clock. 
Okay, my nap is uh, probably about as short a price as I have ever put up on here. It's Salford to beat Colchester. We're recording on, on Friday morning. Uh, the best price is 1.8 with Will Hill. Uh, for Salford to beat Colu, I think that Colchester now six points above Southend with a significantly better goal difference uh, of 12 goals better. They will know that they are not technically safe, but essentially they are, right? Like 99% safe at this stage. And I don't think that despite getting those two wins against Walsall and against Southend uh, about 10 days ago and a week ago, um, I, 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 can't, I can't sit here and say definitively, oh, they've massively turned a corner in this short space of time under Hayden Mullins and now they are not, well they are now something other than a very, very poor League Two team. I don't think that is necessarily the case. Salford just have everything going for them at the moment, don't they? Everything in the right direction. They've only conceded three goals in their last eight league games. Uh, I think it's just one in their last five and four consecutive clean sheets. Uh, and as discussed, when you don't concede goals or when you only concede maximum one goal, you've got a very good chance of winning games. Uh, it looks like... Something has loosened a little bit uh, under Gary Bowyer in terms of the, the final third output. Again, uh, output rather. They're not exactly peppering the goal. They're not creating millions and millions of chances, but there has been improvement on that front. Ian Henderson's been in good form recently, and it just looks like they are, well, they're in really positive form. They're playing positive football, and that defensive steel has, has stayed the same. So Salford having moved into the playoff places with a late winner in midweek. I'm backing them to carry on this form to further cement their playoff place ahead of final weekend. Salford to beat Colchester at 1.8 is my nap. Time to tell me about your second pick. What's your next best? MK Dons to beat Fleetwood um, at 29 to 20 is the best price at the moment, kind of 13 to 8, 11 to 8 market price. Um, yeah, they, MK Dons look to me like a side who are quite enjoying just playing their football they basically you know we talk about teams who have nothing to play for mk dons have basically had nothing to play for for about three months um because they were never going to get relegated and they have never been close enough to the playoffs to be you know whilst obviously if they got an incredible run three months ago they could have got there but they've never looked in contention there's never really been a moment where i've been like are they actually going to get into this because they've always just been held at arm's length after that 4-0 defeat against Lincoln, they've kept three clean sheets in a row, something they haven't done very often, um, or certainly haven't kept three in a row at all, albeit two of them against sides who have since been relegated, Swindon and Bristol Rovers. Um, but at the time, they hadn't been relegated, so they were fighting for their lives, I guess you could say. Um, but they're just a, they're such a good team. I, I really think that if, if Russell Martin stays, and, and I'm sure this group will stay together, and I'm sure given what happened in January with a couple of really sharp signings um you know Greg being one of them uh Matt O'Reilly being another I, I just think they're going to be a proper threat towards the top of the table next season I just can't see any other eventuality if, if everything stays the same um and they look like a side at the moment who are ready to start the season now basically like they they're just in such good nick um for Fleetwoods I mean they've, they've lost three of their last four they were absolutely thumped by by Burton in midweek, 5-2. So you've got a side who scored five last time and a side that conceded five um, on the, uh, in their last game as well. 
and there's you know that there doesn't seem much reason for for an improvement here I mean Simon Grayson's done an okay job I guess it's been fairly solid until that that nasty defeat um their last home game they were beaten 2-0 by a crew side who I I would certainly have this MK Don side as, as, as far stronger um you know one of these teams is hitting the line hard and the other one is is I well I mean I think it's tailed off feasibly feasibly pulled up quite soon um so again yeah it just seems I think MK Dons are just are just by far and away more likely um and the, the prices you know if you're backing it I just can't imagine why you'd be backing it Fleetwood at kind of 15 to 8 under 2 to 1 like, there just seems no evidence to me to suggest that they would um would put in a performance worthy of of raising themselves up to MK Dons level so yeah MK Dons my second pick at 21 to 29 to 20 I am in League Two for my next best, uh, my second League Two pick of the weekend. I reckon if I went back through all my picks on this show this season, there would be a pretty large weighting towards League Two, actually. I'm absolutely terrified of the championship uh, for the most part. Uh, But I am going to back Port Vale to beat Grimsby uh, at the moment uh, as we record on Friday morning at 2.2. They are the away side here. They are also, as we know, the form team in the league, Port Vale. They've won eight of their last nine games under Daryl Clark. The other was a nil or draw with Carlisle United. I've got you ringing in my head here, reminding me that when teams are on long winning streaks like this, it might be the wrong time to get involved. You know, am I too late here? Is this going to be the one where just naturally they fall off a little bit, where the result doesn't fall their way? I don't know. I don't know because they're playing against a Grimsby side, of course, whose relegation was confirmed in midweek. Pretty traumatic, I think, to drop into non-league after five seasons at this level. Uh, Obviously, a lot of angst mainly aimed at the ownership group rather than the players and certainly not the manager, uh, Paul Hurst. In fact, I think there's been some positivity about how this team have rallied in recent weeks and months. Uh, And of course, they have been better. They've been quite hard to predict, haven't they? They've put in some excellent performances, but it would be wrong to say that that has, you know, that they've been consistent in that. Uh, Of course, they lost against Exeter in midweek with Matete, who has been a star man for them recently, getting sent off. So he'll be suspended for this one. Just gives them a bit of extra spark in the centre of the park, Matete. Uh, And I I find it hard to believe that Grimsby will be like bang up for this. Uh, So many of these players will leave the club, of course, uh, as is often the case when teams move down to non-league and uh, the, the financial realities of that. So... I think Port Vale can just keep the good the good times rolling, really. They have conceded two goals in their last eight games in the league, Port Vale. Um, he switched to a back three. Daryl Clark, he's he's uh, he's got Brisley, Leg, and Smith all playing in a back three, really attacking wing-backs. Worrell, a lot of the time, who's been one of the players of the season in League Two. Um, I think he made it into the team of the season, actually. He's been playing at times in a right wing-back role, doing what he does best, really, and just delivering good balls from deep. Um, Tom Conlon seems to be absolutely thriving by the way in this central midfield role he's been on the score sheet a fair few times recently now Vale's defensive numbers are legit they are exceptional and if Grimsby aren't up for this which I don't think they will be I think they're going to find it very difficult to score against uh, a very well drilled Port Vale side but my concern would be that Vale's attacking numbers um, you know I think they've been running a little bit hot in this run I don't think they are creating a ton having said that in a game like this, without anything particular riding on it, um, but with Port Vale sort of riding on the crest of a wave, so to speak, and Grimsby, I think, quite downhearted. I think Port Vale will, will have enough chances to win this game. So Port Vale at 2.2 is my next best. What's next for you? 
Coventry to beat Huddersfield. Nice. Um, just just over two to one um, with with those lads at SBK, kind of two to one market price with most firms. But George, Huddersfield still have to maybe pick up a point. They can be caught by Rotherham, but Coventry have nothing to play for. No. <laughs> Go on. Um, Huddersfield are safe, sadly. Well, I mean they're not, are they? But they but they basically are. Um, Huddersfield are so poor. <laughs> They're just so poor. I mean, if, if if we're thinking ahead to next season and looking at teams that you've got to be incredibly worried about, for me, Huddersfield are right, right there. Um, you know, the return of Josh Caroma from injury is is a is a big plus. Uh, but it's it's, you know, even when you take someone like Harry Kane and the impact that they will have on a side um, like Tottenham, uh, you know, players don't have thirty point impacts on teams. I'm afraid, um, and Huddersfield over the last since Caroma's injury. Um, the the, the drop-off is about more than just one player. Let's get back to Coventry, though. Um, And the narrative all season, Ali, that we have helped peddle is is that Coventry, very good at St Andrews, not very good away from home. Mm -hmm. Is that true? I mean, it may have been, but not anymore because their last two performances away from home have both been excellent and got the points they deserved. You know, we had that Rotherham game or I tipped Rotherham because Coventry's away record was so poor uh, and that massive relegation six-pointer. And Coventry battered them, <laughs> especially in the first half, uh, and ended up going on to get that 1-0 win from an Ostergaard header. Uh, they then went to the bet 365 a couple of games later, beat them 3-2. You know, Stoker's side who don't concede many goals at all, especially not very many at home. Um, they look like a team who are just enjoying their football. They've they've done the impossible. They've been a League One side who got promoted to the Championship and not been relegated. Haven't been many of those recently. Um, and they, under Mark Robbins, are just a very very good team who um, who I think are almost the team that that Huddersfield want to be in a weird way because Coventry do play um, with an intensity that that unsettles other teams. The, the football when it's um, when it's working is, is is pretty good on the eye. Whereas Huddersfield is just a, a confused side who are floundering now towards the end of the season. Um, I, I don't think the motivation issue is really there. I think if, if anything, the last few weeks have shown us that Huddersfield having something to play for might actually be a negative for them. They don't seem to be a side who are, you know, in the same way as Derby is, is Rotherham. Uh, they seem to be a side who, who don't step up to the plate when 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 needed to. Um, they do put in the odd kind of anomalous good performance, but I, I do not think they are more likely to win this game of football. I must say, I'm very very surprised at their favourites, and I'm, I'm with with Coventry at about the two to one mark. I'm actually just going to jump in here and add a bonus of sorts that I picked out from this game, and it is over 4.5 goals in Huddersfield against Coventry. Uh, at, well, 10.5 is best price as we record at the moment. You get around uh, 9 to 1 in most places. And it's just a a situational thing for me, this. Coventry, as you say, uh, cutting loose, potentially. They've got attacking players back now. They've scored a fair amount of goals recently, notwithstanding the blank that they drew against Preston last week. But they've hit three against uh, Stoke before that. Uh, Two against Barnsley, three against Bristol City earlier in, in April. They've also conceded a fair few goals, uh, three against QPR, 2nd of April, four against Bournemouth, 10th of April, uh, two against Stoke in that 3-2 win uh, on the 21st. So I I have a feeling that Coventry 
especially with pressure off, could easily cut loose and try and play some good attacking football here. But also, I just feel a little bit like Huddersfield themselves. Well, we, we normally try and back goals in Huddersfield games because they're incapable of defending well for a whole game. As far as I can see, they do give up a lot of opportunities. Uh, and I think Coventry have the players to take them. I also think, depending on what the situation is at, at like half time, for example, with Rotherham, you know, if Huddersfield come out in the second half feeling in any way, like, you know, actually, we're fine. Like, let's stop worrying. I think it could really cut loose in the second half. So I might look at ways to back second half goals here. Um, but just to, uh, for the sake of a, a long shot, and just hoping for a sort of uh, pure end of season, uh, everything descends into chaos in the second half pick. I'm going to pick over 4.5 in this Huddersfield Coventry game. Uh, 10.5 best price at the moment with Unibet as we record. Also, just to tell you about my third team pick, uh, it is Luton to beat Middlesbrough in the championship. I mean, there's so much that's already sorted in the championship that I do think it's a bit of a minefield. There's a real lack of certainty uh, involved in, in any game, for me anyway, involving teams certainly in the top six. Uh, very difficult to predict what their team selection will be like specifically. Um, very difficult to predict those games at the bottom. I'm quite surprised that you didn't pick Sheffield Wednesday to beat Forest. Um, but maybe it's because it's the early game and uh, you know what they say. Uh, but I, I do feel confident in my belief that Luton to beat Borough at 2.7 is good value. At the very least, good value. Uh, partly, this is a, a motivational thing. I get the feeling that for Borough and for Neil Warnock, moving well away from any potential playoff picture has had a real impact on their motivation and therefore their performance levels. Uh, they have won their last two games. They beat Sheffield Wednesday 3-1. They beat Rotherham 2-1. Having been 1-0 down, Rotherham uh, went down to 10 men early in that game. Before that, they were five without a win, including four defeats. And I mean, Warnock has spoken about how you know he wants to make lots of changes to the squad over the summer and I'm sure he'll be fairly cutthroat with uh, some of these players um, I just feel like they've petered out really um, and the results bear that out really essentially from the turn of the year onwards and I get a different vibe from Luton you know they might not be too far away in the table here uh, three points behind Luton they're 11th uh, Middlesbrough are ninth. Luton with a game in hand I think they are still straining every sinew I think they are striving to finish as high as they can because they know what that means for them. They know how much that will help them attract more players. They know how the likes of us covering these leagues and many others will look so favourably upon Luton Town just if they nominally get into the top 10, uh, which they can do you know, if they beat Middlesbrough certainly this weekend. Uh, they've still got an extra game to play against Rotherham in midweek. They've got every opportunity to finish in the top 10. And I think it comes from Nathan Jones's in insanely strong character. I'm sure that they will look to develop the squad and try and bring in some more quote-unquote, you know, championship quality players. So for a lot of these guys, even the ones who are comfortable at Luton and have been a big part of their story, they will know that they have to continue to impress Jones in order to, to you know, keep their, get a new contract or, or just retain their place at this club because it looks like it's moving only in one direction, certainly since Jones came back um, during the lockdown last year. They've been absolutely brilliant, haven't they? So I think that he is not accepting any sort of drop-off. I get the feeling that Warnock is slightly less bothered about that. And so I think Luton will be bang at it. They will be chasing down Middlesbrough. Uh, they'll be trying to get above them by the end of the season into that top 10. And of course, they've been on really good form recently as well. You know, um, there were a, a few disappointing performances, uh, certainly against Derby and against Barnsley. 
Nathan Jones made it pretty clear that that wasn't good enough. Since then, they've won three of their last four. Um, not perfect by any means, and they do struggle a lot to uh, create and score goals, but things are improving, it looks like, on that front as well. So I just think 2.7 uh, caught my eye. I, I would have expected Luton to be a little bit shorter here. I think they've got the form. I think they've got the motivation factor here as well, so I'm backing Luton to win. Uh, any bonus selections for you, George? Any long shots? Yeah, just backing Wigan to beat Hull um, at, yeah, I mean, a, a bigger than 5-1 to one with SPK, 5-1 to one with, with um, Bet365. just seems incredibly generous. You know, Hull, <clears throat> it, it's, it's kind of impossible to find fault with Hull. Um, they are a winning machine. Um, they have won promotion now. Um, we will see, you know, uh, there's, there's obviously a chance that... They will follow up um, winning promotion with a couple of, of poor results. We've seen Norwich do it in the championship, another team where it's pretty hard to, f to find fault with. And they lost back-to-back -back games to Bournemouth and Watford on the back of it. Um, but I, I'm not... The, the reason why I'm backing Wigan isn't because um, I think Hull are going to phone it in from now to the end of the season. If they do that, it's a bonus. I, I think it's just a, a bet on merit. I think Wigan have been mightily impressive in the last few weeks. Um, they still they still have the motivation of, of needing you know if they were to lose both their games uh from now to the end of the season then that puts the um you know that puts the onus back on the teams chasing them to to, to overtake them they are only four points clear of Rochdale at the moment so they they do need points in order to secure their status and the way the Rochdale are playing it wouldn't be a massive surprise to see them pick up um pick up the four points needed um, given that they have a better goal difference than Wigan as well which isn't ideal so this is still a massive game I think I think people are maybe sleeping on the fact that in League One there's still a big relegation battle and, and a defeat for either Wigan or Wimbledon um, and, a, and a win for either Cobblers or Rochdale could mean going into final day there's one point between the two of them which would be massive um, but the, yeah they've been you know you look at their results they beat Doncaster 4-1, they beat Sunderland 2-1, they beat Crewe 2-0. They had four wins on the bounce, um, follow, ending with that Shrewsbury 2-1 victory. Then a one-all draw against Burton, which the form of that has been franked, to be honest, by, by what happened afterwards. You know, Any idea that, that Jimmy Floyd's Burton army was starting to tail off um, was, was, was made a fool of. Um, they're just a really good side. They found a, a lovely balance with, with Dodo and Keane and Lang as kind of being the, the three-pronged attacking force. Um they don't concede many goals. They're just, they are being priced up like a team who are 20th in the table, but they are not playing like one. Um, so yeah, I'm, I think we're going to have what it takes. And and to add, you know, if, if we can get an early lead or, or go tune up or something, there's definitely going to be that, that um, possibility that Hull just don't fancy as much to, to, to get back into it as they would if they were still chasing the, the promotion dream. Mm. So, and also, you and I have no idea how many pints they've had since uh, since since they went up. So, um, hopefully, loads, and they've enjoyed themselves, and Wigan can enjoy themselves on Saturday. As well as that bet in Huddersfield, Coventry, the over four point five goals long shot. Uh, I am backing Jake Cooper again this weekend. I'm just going to keep saying it because I think there's juice even in a twenty eight to one price, was a bit which is a bit shorter than what we've had recently. Um, Bristol City are Millwall's opponents this weekend and Bristol City's issues with defending set pieces have been fairly well documented I think uh, but if you haven't seen this then please do watch the highlights of their last probably 10 games uh, it feels like they concede from 
a corner or some other dead ball situation uh, uh, pretty much every single game. So, uh, of course, uh, as Jake Cooper is my favourite for these. Uh, and it was late last season that he provided us what I consider to be the most famous winner in betting show history. Uh, I'd like to be on him at 28 to 1 each way first goal scorer. Uh, but of course, you know I have to back Mads Anderson as well. Uh, similar reasoning uh, as the weeks dwindle. I just can't not be on and then him score late on. So obviously the holiday maker will be a couple of pennies on the double, the Jake Cooper Mads Anderson double. Um, it would be so, so nice to get one of these up before the end of the season. But that is it for this week's betting show, the penultimate weekend of the season. Best of luck with your selections this weekend, whatever you go with. Here's a reminder of ours. George picked uh, Morecambe. He picked MK Dons. He picked Coventry and he also picked Wigan as his long shot, whereas I picked Salford City as my nap, Port Vale and Luton Town as my next best selections and a couple of little bonus darts as ever. Over 4.5 goals. Goalfest, second half Goalfest specifically, I'm I'm expecting. In Coventry against Huddersfield, 10.5 with Unibet. Jake Cooper, first goal scorer, 28 to 1 with Skybet. I'll take the each way terms there. And of course, uh, Mads Anderson as well. Go well, guys. Hope you have a great weekend. Uh, do join us on the NTT20 squad on Leveller if you like the sound of it. Uh, it's been such a joy and a pleasure. So thank you to all of you who are already on there. Really looking forward to match day on Saturday because, wow, Tuesday night was unbelievably fun. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with uh, with your suggested picks on the NTT20 betting squad. It's 9.99 to join. Uh, no extras to join the betting squad, of course. That's just a separate channel that I can add you to. And it'd be great to see you there. The link is in the description of this podcast and our Twitter bio or Instagram bio. Uh, join us on the NTT20 squad on Leveller and have a great weekend.